Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 12, episode 19. I'm ASD. I'm Jack. And I'm Rob. And it's on. It's on. The charge up the league is on. <laughs> We've recorded a few hours after uh, the end of... Uh, again, I was, talking, I was texting my dad and I, I said the same thing to you, Rob. We are the most predictable team and the most unpredictable team at the same time. What yep. What is this? What is this? I don't understand what this City thing is. We, Pep has played us six times now and we've beaten him 2-0, 1-0, 2-0, 2-0, 1-0, 1-0. I, I, is it a Pep? It's like I've never really understood the... like. When you have a, a team that is just not for you, like Chelsea is always a difficult game for us, you know, wherever we play them. I've never really understood why it happens over generations of managers and players. Is it just that with Pep and Spurs? Is that a thing? I just think that the way that they play <clears throat> is absolutely perfect for the way that we play. I mean, it's the, like they're our, bizarrely, our perfect opponent, that they desperately want the ball, they want to knock it about. They want to try and push us back, get us on the edge of our box. And probably unlike any other team, at least any other team in the top 10, we're like, great, bring it on. Yeah, we'll sit here all day long. No problem. Close the lines. At one stage today, I swear they had seven at the back. <laughs> so it's, I think it's just per- they're just perfect for us, aren't they? And we could just sit in that low block and, you know, close out all the spaces and then and then do our thing. And uh, so there's that. And then there's also, I don't know, there's probably some sadistic, sick pleasure that they get watching just how mental Guardiola goes on the sidelines. <laughs> there's just something about, he's, he's, he's great. He was great today, I thought, actually. And he's head in his hands at one point. But yeah, they were great today. Well, you were there. What was it like going into it? What was the atmosphere like? Give us a bit of a picture. It was a weird atmosphere. It was really, I was obviously really, really buzzy. Total sellout. I got there really early today. I was meeting a friend for a drink before the game and it was really busy, really early. So everyone was well up for it. But at the same time in the state, I mean, obviously when Kane got his goal, it was just a magical moment. I think everybody realised they were there and something incredible had happened. So that was really, really good. But throughout the whole game, there was, I mean, you were always really on edge, but at the same time, like they never really, I didn't think they ever really, a little spill in the second half, really, but maybe they didn't ever really look like scoring. So you're we never really that nervous. But at the same time, the crowd almost couldn't believe that we were winning. It was weird. And I think the combination of the scoreline and Emerson's performance made everybody probably think that, it, that what they were watching wasn't actually happening. I don't know, it was a weird atmosphere, but great day. Yeah, I bet. I heard a lot of Antonio, Antonio chants as well. Mm, which is great early on as well yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, I mean it's worth talking about Emerson Royale because he had he was man of the match him performance absolutely brilliant wasn't he He, like he's such a he's such a strange player Emerson Royale because you almost think when you're up against you know top opposition you think oh he's going to get absolutely roasted you know he's going to be in for a, a long afternoon or a long evening and it defensively he's not the worst player in the world like what he is is his positional play is actually quite good when it's on the other side and if you listen to sort of Sky Neville and Carroll always talking about you know the most dangerous time for a fullback is when the play's down the other side because you've got to get yourself in and he made 
three or four brilliant back post headers today. He very rarely gets beat one week one because, you know, he, he's, pretty, he's pretty good from that point of view. He's an excellent athlete as well. He's just not very good in possession. And I think the games where we get particularly frustrated with him is when teams sit back a little bit more against us and we've got a lot of the ball and he's being asked to do really the job that he's not very good at when he can just have a game like today where it's just like just defend first and then if you can make some attacking runs forward to support great but just worry about defending I thought that he had Grealish under complete control so I was not worried whatsoever when the ball kept going out to Grealish I just thought Romero's there Kulisevsky by the way did a brilliant brilliant job at getting back and helping him Um, on both sides as well I thought Sun did the same thing they really did double up on the wingers really well um and then the occasional time he did get past him, Romero was there. And we'll talk about Romero in a minute because he was absolutely sensational. Um, I know the red card will probably, you know, put his match rating a little bit lower, but he, he was incredible. But Emerson was really, really good. And to be honest, the last four or five games, he has played very, very well. And I'll be the first to hold my hands up. When I saw the team sheet today, I thought, we've just spent all that money on a right back. Why is he not playing? But, you know, fair play to Emerson. He, he dug in. And he put in a really, really good performance. And it seemed like he'd rattled Grealish as well in the first half. Because I know Grealish likes to have a bit of verbals with um, with the opposition. But he looked more bothered, Grealish, about the one-on-one battle than he did about anything else. And I thought as soon as you, we saw, I saw that, I was a little bit like, maybe Emerson's got in his head. But it was a great performance from him. And, you know, it can't be easy for him. Fans have been on him all season. I mean, we've criticised him most weeks because his performances have been poor. We've just gone and spent 40 odd million on a new right back. So he's probably thinking, well, I'm coming out the team. And then your manager's not there for a game and you've got City. You know, I could be the best side that you're going to come up against. And it's like, you know, for him to pull out a performance like that, fair play to him. All of the defence, though, I could sit here for half an hour and talk about all of them individually. They all played so, so well. Um, The standout for me, like Ben Davis the left side of that back three like, like I, I just I'm not, I've never been his biggest fan I thought he was incredible today um but he just seems to have a bit more aggression compared to Longley like and there's that tenacity and that bite I mean all three of them had it today there were times where Dyer went followed Haaland into his own half and you just think you'd never see Eric Dyer you know defending like that so they, they were all fantastic but Emerson definitely deserves um a mention because the two performances he's put in against City in the last few weeks have been brilliant I totally agree with that. And it was um, really old school. There was like the first 10 minutes, he went through Grealish, like absolutely landed one on him. And uh, Romero went through Haaland in the first 10 minutes as well. Absolutely upend- upended him. And uh, and I mean, it, I, don't think it did, I didn't get the impression that put Haaland off particularly, but it was, they just really let him know early doors they were in a game today. And I think that really made a big difference. I totally agree with you about Dyer. He looks so calm today, Dyer, yeah. but really, like, really up, pushed up high, really aggressive. All of the defence were fantastic today. And Luis only had one dodgy moment. Which one was he, that? Didn't really have, he didn't really have any saves to make, did he? That, that was the bi- biggest thing for me. When you, when you Normally when you play these top sides, is you're thinking, my keeper's got to have a nine out of ten here for us to get anything. They didn't really create anything City, I didn't think, which is like normally when we play them, I do often look back at games and think, oh, we had a bit of luck there or we should have scored that or, you know, keepers made a worldie. I, I felt like we could have played for another hour and we just, it, it didn't, I didn't feel nervous watching it whatsoever that they were going to score. 
There was Harland. a little spelling. Sorry, Aiste, go ahead, mate. Oh, no, so Harland reminds me of Ronaldo at United, where he causes a problem because he doesn't fit the way the rest of the other nine outfield players are playing. Do you think? I, I think this this narrative absolutely madness about Harland. No, no, no. Like he's good, but you said that about Ronaldo as well. Like he's there to score goals. That's what he does well. But he, if if it's not working, he offers nothing else, right? Go on. What, what's your thing? I'm ju- I'm just I'm not sure. I just I was buzzing in the first half. Because there were there was two occasions where Haaland was collecting the ball off the City back four, and I was like, fantastic, stay there all game. Yeah. You know what I mean? I absolutely love it. He doesn't have the passing mate. You know, he's at his best when he's up top, occupying centre halves. City just didn't get the ball into him. And I know you could see, you know, we de- we obviously defended very well, but there were there are a lot of occasions in that game where the ball b- did break in midfield, and he'd made a run in behind our our wing back, and you're thinking, oh. A De Bruyne or a Gundogan whips that in there and, and they're away. But not once did we see him getting behind. And I don't think that's Haaland. I just think I, I thought Pep's selection today. I mean, when I'm sure the players felt this. When I saw the City team, I thought, oh, we've got a chance here. You know, Gundogan and De Bruyne, I could be the best cent- two central midfielders in the Premier League, both on the bench. You know, and it, you look at it and you think it's probably going to play <clears> some sort of 4-4-2. It felt like a really disjointed City side today. Um so I don't think that Haaland's an, an issue at all for them. I just I didn't think that they utilised him whatsoever. And like I said, the times when he was coming deep to get the ball, I was thinking, absolute job done. You know, that's 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 where you want him. It's not as if it's Kane doing that and he can turn in its 60, 70 yard passes. You know, he's a brilliant goal scorer, Haaland, and he's at his best when he's occupying centre backs. But they they just didn't use him at all today. Particularly in the first half. Um, so, you know, I wasn't watching him. I wasn't only watching him, but you could really see, in the, particularly in the first half, his movement off the ball was sensational. Like he's yeah. all really, really buzzy, really quick. Obviously, he's huge. When you see him in the flesh, you realise how big he is. You know, he's easily as tall as Dyer, so fast, and uh, you know, he was he was at times a real handful. But there were, I, I think, there were two things with him. Firstly, the ball over the top when he can then outpace because he's so quick, outpace yeah. the centre halves. But our, our our bat line was never high enough up the pitch today for that really to be a problem for them. And then secondly, the ball down the side and whipping it in, like get it in, get it in, get it in. And we just shut like the Kulisevsky, Emerson, Sun, uh, Perisic flank today, just shut all of that down, which forced them. It's like Silver actually had a pretty good game, particularly first half, forced them into little intricate moves in the middle. And they did overrun the midfield a little bit, as of course can happen against us. But that's not his game. And so, therefore, Dyer was able just to pretty much nullify him in the second half out of the game. And I think if you've got a player like that, you've got to play it with strength, haven't you? And they, they didn't today. And that enabled us to pretty much mark him out of the game. And Romero today probably... I mean, the the, send, the sending off was... I was so frustrated with him with the sending off because obviously we all know he's got that in his locker, right? And that's one of the worries with him. And he's only a young lad and he'll get it out of his system, I'm sure. But the problem with the sending off was the first one, not the second one. He had no choice with the second one. He had to do the second one. It was a professional foul almost. But the first one, there was no need for him. He needed to land one on Haaland in a different space. It was get it on him, but get it on him later. And that was, I was really frustrated with with that but yeah they they played uh they played that front three really well today i just thought the way we defended 
like it was such a world drill team. I don't know if either of you um watch or listen to any of the stuff on the coach's voice. It's a brilliant yeah. you know, and there's a Sean Dice one that's going around at the minute from when he was at Burnley and they played a 4-4-2 and like protecting the V when you don't have the ball and like as a unit shifting from side to side because the top side transitioned the ball from left to right so well. And I just thought that the the way Sun and Kulazewski helped our, our wing backs today was incredible. Like the discipline and the ground they must have covered. Um, I thought Sun had a brilliant game today defensively mm. and he carried the ball. It, it mm. seemed like he had that now, before he'd pick the ball up and he'd go on one of those like electric runs where he just he he was rapid, he got the ball under control, and it seems like the last five six weeks he's he's felt a little bit clunky when he's been running with the ball. But from the, I think there was a, it was the first minute of the game today he picked the ball up and went on a 50, 60 yard run, had a shot, and it oh, it didn't come to anything. But you were straight away you were like right here we go. Um, but the defensive unit, all of them, the way that they worked was uh, you know it was a, as good of a defensive display as you're going to see. Um, maybe it was the kind of game that we needed um, where actually we could just sort of go back to being comfortable at possession. From what I could hear watching it on the telly, when you play City at home, you don't expect to have the ball. So it's almost you're going into it thinking we're probably going to have between 30 and 40% of the ball. That's fine with playing City. If it had have been a Brighton at home, maybe the fans would have been a little bit more frustrated watching us in that style. So in, in a way, it sort of felt like style-wise, it was a little bit of a free hit today. Um, but a, a brilliant all-round performance from from all of them. Um, like I said, I could talk about every single player and say how fantastic they were. The two in the middle of the park, just every single game. Like I, honestly, I think those two are such good players, and they will go under the radar with all of the other, you know, central midfielders in the league because they'll get goals and assists. But that they are so good, the pair of them. Um, and today you saw. Whereas normally we're outnumbered most games, today you saw them up against the two. It was, you know, Hoybier and, and Bentico up against Rodri and Bernardo Silva, and they got the better of them. They got the better of them across the whole 90 minutes. And like that's how good a players they are. We're talking about, you know, they're up against some real top-level centre midfielders, and they absolutely, you know, were comfortable against them for 90. So defensively, it was an absolute pleasure to watch it. Everyone had a good game, right? And it just feels like everyone's coming back. Kudusevsky is now back officially, and Kane had a great game. I mean, we need to talk about him, right? So, oh. can I just decent. say we we erased him a few weeks ago, ASP, <laughs> didn't we? In that, in that game, I don't remember that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, what is your favourite Harry Kane goal? And bonus points if you've seen it live. But I, I mean, I've been watching all of his goals uh, this afternoon, so I've got notes. But off the top of your head, we'll assume the the ones against Arsenal, the head of the bet from the Bentaleb cross, the ripping your mask off 2-2, they're in there, right? They're fine. Um, what else have you got? I loved, um, I'm not very good historically with my years, so I'm going to rely on both of you to years. keep me honest here. Yeah. But the two penalties at Anfield, the first one he missed, the second one he scored, that second penalty, when that went in, I was out of my chair and running around the room. And just the mentality, I think that perfectly sums him up for me, the mentality of him. And, you know, at the cop end, and I remember after the game, they had the camera on him as he was walking off and he just looked down the camera and he said, you can't give me two chances. You can't give me two chances. The mentality of the guy... Uh, I loved the City goals last season. 
the one of the death against City last season, the header last season. Oh, because yeah. I've, I've always felt, you know, that notwithstanding the penalty against Liverpool, and look, it's really difficult, right? Because he's, I mean, it's just, it's just bagged 267 goals in 300 games a day. So it's really difficult to sort of criticise. But he's never, has he, has he always scored a lot of goals against the top, like top three, top four side in the really, really big games? He's, He's kind of been a bit hit, hit and miss for me, or at least I've always felt like he was. The stats might say otherwise, but that City game last year with those two goals, he he something flipped. Then it was like he be, he really really believed in me, and uh, yeah, he's irreplaceable. I don't know what you know. I would imagine two or two or three weeks ago, I wondered if they weren't going to keep him in the summer, but. I mean, I imagine they should think about giving him the naming rights to the ground in order to keep him. To be honest, because Harry Kane stand. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what I don't know what they're doing without him. You know, so wonderful player and a privilege to see him today. Wonderful. Was, that's the only negative note. Because uh, it, it's not is there are very few goals against Manchester United. Very few. I mean, yeah. how many can you remember? I, I've got one uh, in the video that I was watching earlier. A header. And he scored the last goal, didn't he, at the old ground? At the White Hart Lane, yeah, that's on my list as well. Yeah. That was a good goal. That was emotional. I mean, we were sat Great together. Goal. That was just day. an emotional day, all right? That's all one right. of my favourite Spurs memories, that that yeah, day. Really like, day. That was brilliant, wasn't it? Um, that was proper good. The other, the other Great Kane goals, I mean, my, my favourite's obviously the mask one. That mm-hmm. was just, you know, I've, I've never heard a stadium that loud ever. Um that was incredible. But the two goals he scored against Chelsea on New Year's Day, Day. when we beat him 5-3, and it, that, that sort of felt like that was the moment he announced himself. Because, you know, that was up against the Mourinho team that would be rock solid that season. He, he just tore them apart. And the, they weren't maybe the, the most incredible goals he's ever scored, but it was just like it was against that opposition, that 90 minutes, he absolutely tore them apart. Um so they th- those two were particular highlights for me. And I, I like the, the the goals that he scored from distance, where you know he, he hasn't he hasn't, he doesn't need a backlift. And I remember one one against Everton towards Everton. the end of the last season, and he hit it from about twenty five yards, and it's just like oh that was a gr- that was a great goal and a great game. Um, that was a that was a particular highlight. And do you remember when he went absolutely? mad at the end of that season when we won like 6-1 and 7-1 away and he was just hitting the ball from 25 he was just flying in and he scored two or three at Leicester That's where it was it. like it was just the same goal it was like touch bang touch bang. and it like the the ball striking was was incredible but the, the Chelsea ones for me are um particular standout right let me read out my list because I, I agree with all that. And Leicester must be sick of the sight of him because he, he loves like a curling sun type yeah. one against them. There's one against Southampton where Delhi almost gets his leg amputated and then gives the ball to Kane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, big there, Jill takes a swing and a miss and then he puts it coolly past him. There's a Liverpool one where Ericsson gets the ball from the corner and Kane gets it, turns it, puts it across the goal. Bottom right, that's a cracking one. There was a good one for Watford, and I think Trippier plays the ball into Kane. It's a really tight angle, and it's on the floor. He sort of passes it above Gomez at the, in the near post. Um, he does a good he does a good line in like sort of with his back to a goal with a back to a, a centre back, sort of falling over, picking himself up, bullying that defender, turning around and smashing it. And he did it against Bournemouth and Huddersfield. Um, then some Champions League goals, um, Dortmund. That one where he bullied, um, uh, uh, oh, I must have been the right back, and then lashed it home near post. 
the Juve one. Do you remember that? Where away, yeah. where they hadn't conceded in about five years. And that was 2-2, I think. Ericsson stuck one under the wall. He did it against Barca as well, which I thought was good. He did a Chelsea long distance one. Do you remember? I think it was in Wembley or in the Wembley years. Kepa didn't even move. He just smacked it in. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, I think that was the same game. Son scored that incredible yeah, goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who ran the length of the pitch, didn't he? I also remember two worlders he scored of his left foot. One was at Wembley um, against Wolves in the game we lost, and one was away at Huddersfield. And he like cuts in from the right and just left foot bends it top corner. They're like two almost identical. That's with his weak foot. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Incredible, isn't it? And the final one I had on my list was uh, the Arsenal again, COVID. Son did his goal, and then Kane just lashed it in really near. Oh, yeah. up. I think it was left foot again. The, uh, the best bit of commentary in that whole video was... Uh, Here's Kane. Janssen wants it. Kane takes a shot. <laughs> it's still, it's still, I can't comprehend that Vincent Janssen played for Spurs in the new ground. I still, like, that doesn't feel what? right to me. Yeah. I do not remember that. Yeah. I don't remember that, did he? When we lost, we lost our first league game in that ground to West Ham. Do you remember 1-0? When we had Potch and Janssen come off the bench to try and get a late equaliser and he missed a sitter. If you imagine 10 years from now, you're describing him to, you know, a young person that had never seen him play. Uh, how would you describe him? Like people I'd... describe Greaves, don't they? And they say he was like incredible pace. And actually, if you watch videos of Greaves and compare him to someone like Messi, they're actually quite similar in the way that they play. The way the ball is like, you know, on a bit of elastic on the end of his shoe and stuff. But with Kane, it's really hard to describe him, isn't it? Because... He's not got one attribute that, you you know, he's got blistering pace or an unbelievable right foot or unbelievable. Intent. He's just, he's a bit like Muller, is it? Just the, an incredible all-round player. Yeah. So it's, like, how would you describe him? I guess the only thing you could say is no matter what style you are playing or what your opposition is, he'd be your number nine. Like you, he could go and rock up straight into a pep team. Do you know what I mean? That's got the ball in his linking play. He could go to a Mourinho, you know, in his pompa inter team and be a big target man. He could play in a high pressing counter attack Jurgen Klopp Liverpool team. Like, there's not a style that you think, oh, you know, he'd struggle with that. Uh, I guess that's the only explanation. And, and whatever type of goal you can imagine, Kane has scored it. It's, it's hard, isn't it? He's just, the, the thing about him is you can tell he's worked on everything and his strongest asset is his brain. And then very close second, just the accuracy of his of his striking. That's it. Because the question I was going to ask is, if you had to describe a Harry Kane goal, what would it be? Because you can describe an Aguero goal really easily. You can describe a Suarez goal. But I think it's really hard because there's, there's a million of them and they're all brilliant. I'll tell you what I think of Esther when you say that. It's like... Spurs defend him fairly deep. It's a bit of a nothing ball up to him. He's holding off a centre half. He gets a turn on, 40, 50 yard switch of play. Then he busts a gut to get in the box and gets on the end of it, you know, penalty spot and, and slots it in the corner. Like that's the kind of Harry Kane goal that I. So it's sort of half counter attack, half big number nine, you know, and bringing others into play. Like that's the kind of goal I think of. It's basically got every, every attribute, you know, the number nine hold it up, the passing range, and then the you know, clinical finisher. I've no idea. I've never seen an interview where he describes this. And actually, I'd love to <clears throat> somehow wangle my life to be in a position to be able to ask him this question. But 
I think he see I in my mind anyway, I think he sees the game almost like he sat in the back row of the upper tier looking down on top of the pitch. You know that when you're really high and you it's like you can it's almost like FIFA, isn't it? You can see all the chess pieces moving around. I think in his mind he sees the game like that, but not so much just when he's on the ball and therefore he can see the spaces to pass it to. I think he almost it's like he's playing chess. He's like he's three or four moves ahead because he's always in the right place at the right time. He just seems to know where that ball is going to go, where that ricochet is going to come full back to. He, he can just get himself. So it's like he's played the move through in his head before it's happened. And then he puts himself where he needs to be. And I've never really seen anybody, at least, you know, in this country, be able to do that like he does. Uh, and still bank 267 goals or whatever he's in, he done in a team that doesn't really cross the ball that much, you know, over the years, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. Amazing. What Love it. What a player. Legend. Sounds, sounds like he's he's going to sign up as well for all the rumours are that he's going to sign up to the point where even Bayern Munich are now saying they're, they're giving up on him, which... But you know what, like seeing the celebrations, like him standing there after the game today doing a speech and most of the crowd have stayed behind and they're all chanting his name. Like he, That is a once in a lifetime thing for a player. Um, and like like just seeing that on the telly did make me think like, God, like imagine what that would be like. Like that feeling today, would he get that from going to City or Bayern or whatever and winning league titles? I don't know if he would. Like it'd, also, it'd be a different type of thing, wouldn't it? He wants the, uh, he wants the. Obviously, he wants the, the record. I don't even go to buy him. He's wherever he goes. He's either going to stay at Tottenham or he's going to do United or you know whatever, whatever. But he's going to stay in the Premier League. I think he wants that record. And if you were him, you'd you know you'd just sign Porro, right? And we've not seen him play in a white shirt yet. But you can see from what he's done at Sporting. I mean, that guy can cross the ball. Unbelievable. And Adogi was playing at Udinese. I mean, he's he can he's only 19, but his left foot is a wand. Mm. And so, if you're Kane and you're seeing the ability of those two alone to be able to cross the ball, I mean, on if he can stay fit, he's just going to clean up. I should think playing with those guys in the team. He's you know he needs to play another three seasons. He's going to have that record playing with those guys in the team. Uh, the, the highlights of Spence as well. Spence looks great. It just feels like yeah. It just why feels would he move? Good. No. Why would he move? Where's he going to um, go? So excited for Poro. I, I cannot wait to see him play. He just looks exactly like what we want, what we need, you know. Um, mm. well, sure, oh, the FA Cup. I, I'm i getting a bit excited about the FA Cup yeah. because the, t- the team's left. Jack's pulling a face. The team's left in it. Let me read you the teams. It's Southampton versus Luton, Town or Grimsby, Leicester and Blackburn, Stoke and Brighton, Wrexham or Sheffield United versus us, <laughs> Fulham or Sunderland versus Leeds, Bristol City or Man City, Man United versus West Ham. So one of those two are knocking each other out. Ipswich or Burnley versus Sheffield Wednesday or Fleetwood. I mean, we can beat City. We can beat United or West Ham. Then we're going to win the cup. How, how, many, how many times have we said this? <laughs> I, I, think gonna, I, I, I think they've got a great chance to win the cup. I really do. Honestly. Get your money on. Get your money on Spurs. Yeah. Look. I'd love nothing. I'd, no, no, I'd, I'd, I'd love nothing more than a day. You know, I've not I, in my life. I've never seen Spurs in FA Cup final. Like it's de- absolutely depressing. Um, it's depressing. And there's a lot. You're, you're that young, mate. It's, 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 it's depressing that I was at the game and you're that young. 
um, but there's 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 look there's a lot of big sides that have gone out and like we've got a favorable draw so obviously you can start getting excited but if you look back at us the last what 10 15 years in the fa cup like we could have probably had this conversation in at least half of those seasons and actually we probably have so until we're sort of at like quarterfinal semi-final stage it's just like let's get through get through those games it's the fa cup is such a difficult tournament to win and no matter who you play it's going to be a tough game like even the game that we've just won um to get through it was fairly comfortable but there, there's moments in games you know and, and the fa cup can chuck out really really crazy moments so in, until we're getting until we're one or two games away from a final i'm just going to try and not get too excited because uh you know what Spurs are like. The other thing as well, I mean, obviously, you know, in when, when I'm thinking about it sensibly, you're 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 entirely right. But we've got a great draw in the cup. But if you look at the Champions League as well, and by the way, I'm certainly not sitting here for saying I think Spurs are going to win the Champions League. But you look at who's playing in the Champions League at the moment. No one is tearing up the Champions League. No, no, in the first half of the season, but also around Europe, the teams that are still in it, no one's really tearing it up at the moment. I, I, it's that World Cup in the middle of the year has thrown up all sorts of crazy stuff across the league. Honestly, I think anything could happen this year. You just never know. You just my, never my, know. My outside year. team in the Champions League, and I can't say that I've seen more than highlights of some of their games, but Napoli, Napoli are yeah. absolutely killing it, aren't they? Yeah. They're like something like 10, 15 points clear or whatever in, yeah. in Serie A. Like, and that's a, that's a really competitive league. Um, so like they could be ones, you know, if they've still got, I don't know what the table's looking like, but the last time I looked, I saw they had a pr- pretty chunky lead. They could definitely be a team that could, you know, be a bit of an outsider. They're 13 points behind uh, ahead of Inter. Inter yeah, just, they're just beating AC Milan, who we've got in the Champions League in a couple of weeks. So they're about to lose. AC are about to lose 1-0. They lost five last week as well, didn't they? AC Milan. Yeah, they're they're on an awful run of results. I mean, Napoli beat Juventus 5-1 a couple of weeks ago. And this this was, I think it was before the announcement of all the stuff they're going through. And they're beating Inter a second one. Like, they're just doing everything right. Oh, no, sorry, Inter beaten. But you still get the point. They haven't got any real superstars there, have they? They're just, am I right in thinking that? And they... And Don Ballet. That's what I said. They played Palace in a friendly on the 11th of December, weirdly. I, that totally flew under the radar. Um, so let me let me read you out the fixtures. Because I fully appreciate that a few weeks ago, I was saying I can see us not winning a game in February. Um, because of how bad our performance was. So let's have a look at what's coming up. So, I mean, we're, we're, it's back on. I mean, we, we've beaten, what, Fulham, Preston, City now. Got Leicester away. Leicester aren't performing particularly well. They just beat Villa, didn't they? Four, th- five, three, four, three, wherever it was. We can beat them. They're not particularly good. Milan, we can beat. West Ham at home is a big one on Sunday, nineteenth. Chelsea, huge game. Yeah. And, uh, it's difficult. That that's going to be a massive one, isn't it? But they're awful. I mean, they. I mean, have you seen they might be up? They might ask FIFA to. Um, uh, change the rules on the FFP because they've spent so much because they weren't allowed to spend under a brand pitch. I think once it goes, once you away from FIFA, start changing the rules on the amortization of their 
lunch they're selling up everyone on eight-year contracts aren't they so they can get around ffp but once, yeah. the, once that changes yeah. they are screwed like badly screwed well, i think they're generally screwed anyway aren't they they're not they've just they've they've got to somehow figure out a way they're going to keep all those players motivated they've grossly and massively overpaid by the look of it for some of them and um and there's that i don't know that it's weird to, to kind of see what they're trying to do other than hoover up loads and loads of great players they're going to be if they don't make Champions League this year, and I don't fully understand the, all of the nuances around FFP. I need to read it properly, but aren't they potentially in foul play of FFP by the definitions as they are today next season if they don't make Champions League and they could be docked points or had to sell players? It must good. be. Yeah, I, I hate them so much. It's good that uh, they're not Chelsea. winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I don't think that uh, I'm not that surprised when I watch Chelsea. Like they got Potter, and like seeing them have so many like low scoring draws doesn't surprise me because of like how like Potter's attention to detail and he's so precise, isn't he? With everything he does, I actually think that Chelsea are not that far away from just exploding and going on an amazing run because like they're so defensively solid. They don't concede many goals. They don't score many, but they like they are creating chances. They're just not finishing them. And you think eventually something's got to click. So I hope that for the next five, six league games, they're they continue in this rut of struggling to pick up wins because I think they'll then be too far behind. Even if they did go on a mad run, they'd have to win near enough every game to to get themselves back into contention. So hopefully that that run of form there sticks around for a while. But I think that I like Potter. My mind, my opinion of Potter massively changed. Like a couple of seasons ago, I wasn't really wasn't convinced with him. Um, I think he's a really, really good coach. And it's when when that clicks, I think Chelsea are going to be quite dangerous. Yeah, I mean, with that many players, you can't not have a team in there where the the chemistry all works and something can be good. Are they but... still in the cup, Chelsea, or are they out? Yes, they're playing West Ham. Sorry. Like that's a that that's a dangerous team to still be. In. Oh no no they're out aren't they? Didn't didn't City knock them out? Didn't City knock them out really early? City knocked Arsenal out. Oh, oh no, United playing West Ham. Sorry, I think you're right. United. I just read about a minute sure. ago, didn't I? I'm not sure, but I, f- I feel like Chelsea. Yes, they're struggling all that, and it's hilarious to see. You know, you spend half a billion or whatever the absurd amount of money is, and they you know they can't buy a goal at the moment. Um, but I just think. Like Rob said, with those players they've got there, uh, you know, eventually you can't have that amount of talent going forward and just continue to struggle to score goals. Like it will click. Only eleven can play a one, so. Well, for now, way. for now, you know, the, the financial rules <laughs> they might, are changing. They might, they might change the rules. Twenty six. They will solely be allowed to field sixteen players while yeah. everyone else has to field eleven. Yeah, if, if the check's <laughs> big enough, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tarkovsky, great goal. Love that. I always wanted him at Spurs. I always thought he'd have done a good job. Just to, He's a bit Eric Dyer, isn't he? Just a bit of a lump. Knows the Premier League really well. But you've got to love it. I love Everton. There's a weird amount of people who hate Everton. What do you feel about him, Rob? I don't hate Everton as a football club. I think that the Premier League needs Everton. Haven't they been in the top flight for 60 years or whatever? Longest, aren't they? Other than, other than yeah. the scum, I think. Um, what I hate about Everton is what the people that have bought them are doing to football. You know, the money that they've spent, the way that they run that club, the way that they treat the people, the fans and all that. I hate that. 
and I there's a, a large part of me that wants the people that have done that to be taught the harshest of lessons to prove that it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And if there was a way for that to happen without Everton being relegated, then that'd be great. But they have to be taught a lesson that you can't treat our great football institutions like that. And if you're going to spend that much money, do it properly and it's not a game, you know. So I love the club. I hate what's been done to it. Yep. And uh, Jack, Liverpool, Liverpool, 3-0 lost to Wolves. Plot. Just thinking, doing his seven-year rich thing, that this is what he does. But he, he becomes available at the end of the year. Are you having him? Conte doesn't sign. Klopp. I, I still think if anyone can turn Liverpool around, then Klopp can. Like I know there's this the big narrative about oh you know he, he he does seven seasons and then you know it falls to pieces and all of that. Klopp Klopp's a quality manager. If he leaves Liverpool, he needs a break. You can see it. Like he does not have that same energy enthusiasm. And for him to bounce out of Liverpool and then go straight into another big job. I just I don't think it will work. I think he needs to do what a lot of the elite managers do and take a season out or at least have six months. And, you know, if there's a big side midway through next season that are struggling, you know, go in there and, you know, I just I just you you watch him. I've, I've never really liked Klopp, to be totally honest with you. Like I find him quite irritating, but the job he's done at Liverpool is incredible. And the style of football, you know, like he really brought all of that across. So um, I'm not saying I wouldn't want him at Spurs, but I just like you watch him and it's just, it's just not the same guy he was a couple of years ago. It's the same as Pep. He's, he's not the same. And like, it must be absolutely exhausting being at the top of football for this long for, as a player, as a manager, whatever it is. And eventually it's like, well, yeah, you're probably going to have a season where you're not, you can't maintain the level of, 95 points or you know I mean winning 30 games so um look if an opportunity comes up in the future and he was available absolutely but at the minute the timing for him just doesn't seem right at all any of the top managers that have stayed like you know really really long periods of time the teams have really had to rotate haven't they in order for their their voice to not become you know like the wallpaper for the players and I, I just get the feeling that they haven't rotated that team strong enough and I mean, you saw in their first 20 minutes against Wolves yesterday, something is fundamentally not right at that club. They are not playing for him, which is incredible to say that, isn't it? Everything that he's done and what a brilliant manager he is, but they're not. And I, has he signed a new, has he just signed a new contract or is he out he of signed some, No, no, he signed something not too long ago, didn't he? Because he's I on thought. a big, he's on a big, he's got another three years or four years, hasn't he, or something. But I, I mean, looking at his interview yesterday, I, Jack, he's, Energy's gone, isn't it? Yeah, I, I can't absolutely. see him. I, I can't see him. I can't see if they if they get knocked out of the, you know, if they've got nothing left to play for this season, I, I reckon he'll go. I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's like he's got obviously got so much credit in the bank there for he's won everything, you know, since he's been there. But I'm just looking at the league table. They've got 29 points from 20 games. Like, yeah. you know, it's 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 terrible. Like it's absolutely and, and, terrible. Like I just can't believe it. And they've conceded. 28 goals in 20 games like for a team that has been absolutely rock solid you know it's just I know they've had a lot of injuries and I I've got a few mates that um, are Liverpool supporters and they say the same thing that when Jordan Henderson is not there they are not the same side 
And I know that technically he's not the best player in the world, but like you need to, you know, he's captain for a reason. You need someone like that. And he's been injured for large parts, hasn't he, but over the last 12 months or so. And they've really struggled when he's not there. They've won eight games out of 20. Yeah, I mean, if anyone can turn them around is it from a managerial perspective, of course it's in. But what they need there is major surgery, don't they, on that squad. Yeah. And you just don't get the feeling that they're going to go pick Tottenham like really maybe not except maybe not even as ambitious as Tottenham they're they're not going to go and do that are they over two or three they're going to make a couple of big buys a year and you know it, it almost feels like it needs young team young manager just needs a bit of a, a reset that being said uh I've, I've still not forgiven Klopp for when we went up there last season and got a draw and he basically had a go at us for not giving him the game so I'm quite enjoying watching him struggle but he is a great I'd- I don't think I've realised how much they they have struggled. They've only won two more games in the Premier League than Nottingham Forest. Yeah, they've had a just terrible think, season. Oh, like I knew it was bad, but like it's really bad. like five points behind Brighton. Yeah, you know, mad, isn't it? We were talking about this earlier, though, ASD, weren't we? Getting back to like the strangeness of the season, and you know whether it's the World Cup or whatever it is. And two weeks ago, we were sat, or I was sat on here with you, and you know, we were like, "Well, they got to win the next two games, otherwise the manager's off." And you know, football don't look for any logic, right? So just parking that to one side for one moment. But there were sixteen games to go, and we were eleven points off Arsenal. Um, we're only six points off City, although they've got a game in hand on us. And you go back and look over the last ten seasons, there's major clubs across Europe. And look how many look how many teams have blown ten point leads, eleven point leads, with a lot less games to go than sixteen games. We were saying this earlier. This season is definitely still on. If we can get, we are we are where we are, having really not played that well for most parts of the season. It is absolutely game on. I think if they can get a run together, they've got this good new lad in as a fullback. If they can st- keep the players fit play a bit more like they did today, be prepared to suffer. Honestly, I don't know. There's something, I just, I think it's, I think it's game on. Because you got a, a Newcastle really going to not blow up at any point this season. Arsenal, really? Are they going to go the whole season and not blow up at all? I don't know. I just, I, I think, think it's going to be really exciting. I really yeah. think Newcastle, cause the thing with Newcastle is they don't score many goals and like they're rock solid at the back and Eddie Howe's done an amazing job. Like he yeah. could end up finishing fourth and winning the League Cup, and like what a season that would be. But I just look at Newcastle and think you don't score enough. You're great at the back, but it only takes you know one mistake and you can see the goal. So I, I think Newcastle will fade away, but they might they might have enough to get top four. But that's not to say we couldn't get above them. I'm just having a look at our fixtures, and we've got Leicester, West Ham, Chelsea, Wolves, Forest, Southampton, Everton, Brighton, Bournemouth. Ain't a bad run. Like no. the next like eight nine games, yeah. you're looking at that and just straight away with, with trying to take the bias out of it. You're looking at it and you're thinking, cool, like six or seven of them games, we should be winning them. You know, so if we can go on a run in the, in the, over the next couple of months and like get to start of April and have done well, we could put ourselves in a position where it's just a case of don't, as you said, Rob, don't mess it up now. Rather than have to go on an incredible yeah. run, just just don't, you know don't don't lose three out of your next five or something like that. So when when you look at the when you look at the top six, no one's. I mean, I, I, although 
Oh, you know, there, there are there are losses now for the last two games for Arsenal and City. But when you look across the top six, no one's had a wobble at all. The only people that have had a wobble are Tottenham. In that, you know, they've won three, lost two out out of their last five games. So everyone goes through those little periods, and maybe we've had our period for the next couple of months, and we're going to go on a bit of a run. And then, you know, who knows? You get to March, get to early April, Jack, to your point, and you're third or something, and then. It's you know it's all to play for, yeah. right? It's similar, so, to, so it's similar to last season, isn't it? Really, like that that yeah. we weren't great for the first half of last season, and but we managed to just sort of be in and around it, and then we we were brilliant. When we those last sort of seven eight games last year, we were absolutely on fire, and I just think it'll be very similar. The teams that make the top four are going to be the sides that go on that best run. Like Brighton and Brighton and Brentford are probably looking at even Fulham probably thinking we ain't out of it. We're only eight points, you know, we're eight points behind. You know, if we can go on a on a run, they, you know, so it's going to be an exciting end to the season. But it's, like you say, it's, just, it's going to be consistency, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, look at Liverpool. One loss, lost, drawn, lost. Mad, wow. isn't it? Mad. Good. But like like Newcastle, <laughs> Newcastle have had have, have had 10 draws. And they've only lost one game in the Premier League. Also, they've had 10 draws. So you, do you think... You know that kind of form, they're going to start to fade away. I reckon, but you know, can't, United can't make all Champions of, League football drawing games. Can no, you? you've got to win no. games. United all of a sudden though look like a, you know something seems to have clicked there, and they're in a great patch, aren't they, of, of results and the way they're playing. They bought so weirdly though, haven't they? Like yeah. this fella from Bayern Munich, well, Weghorst. I, I just don't understand what their what their thing is, what what they're trying to do. I don't think many teams have a strategy. To, honestly, I don't think many sides do. I think it's just who can we get, bang, get them, you know, just to have a new body in. Yeah. So a great tweet that said United have replaced Ericsson before Tottenham did. <laughs> <laughs> right. I have a uh, little quiz, which there's no way you could know this. So it's it's purely. This is it's going to be a pointless quiz then, isn't it? <laughs> Is this why I need to marry Harry Kane's sister and divorce Gareth Bale or something? No, it's where you need to spend too long on Wikipedia. <laughs> and that, that is where all my uh, answers are coming from. So if you don't like it. So I've been on the uh, list of Tottenham Hotspur all-time players. And then they've got a column, which is club appearances. I have got a list of players. I'm going to ask you who has made the most appearances. And I've chosen them all. So they're all within 10 of each other, right? So I'm going to give you NASA Chadley and Kieran Trippier. And I'll go to Jack first. Oh, my word. Um, uh, Kieran Trippier. I'll make a note of that. Kieran Trippier. <laughs> Rob, <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> do you agree? Are you go with Trippier or are you go with NASA Chadley? It's got to be Trippier, isn't it? Kieran Trippier I'll made it. 114 appearances. Chadley made 119. Oh, wow. A lot the of them must lot. have been forgettable. A lot of Europe League, I think. In the 19 games. Wow. A lot of forgettable games in that is, Wow. Games. And Don Belly's on 91, according to this. 91 games. Um, wow. Right then, next one. Rob, you are on Delhi or Lamella. There's 12 Lamella. in it. Lamella. Lamella. I have no idea. Tell you what, I I'll think you're injured for ages, Ronnie. 
I'll give you the first. I'll give you the the number so you can guess high or low, and they're all close. So it'll just annoy you more. But Lamella on two hundred and fifty-seven club appearances. Delhi. Is, is Delhi higher or lower, Jack? Um, no, I think it, I think it'd be I think Lamella. He's with lower. his ages, wasn't he? I'll go lower. What's a Delhi? Less than two five seven. Yeah, I think I'd be inclined to agree with that. Delhi on two six nine. Oh. Nil both of you. Right then, there's two in this, and it's Lucas Mora versus Sissoko Jack. <laughs> Um, Lucas Moura. Lucas Moura too. My only logic is that he he must have been a sub more than Sissoko and come on for ten minutes. Just a lot, yeah, yeah. Same as not it's not minutes, but yes, yeah, so we've got more on two hundred and four. Robin, I'll make it interesting. I have no idea, Sissoko. And it's more on two hundred four. Sissoko on two hundred and two. I mean, I'm not good at this game. I mean, look, you can't be good at this game. Right then, Modric, Luka Modric or Simon Davis? Ah, what a comparison. <laughs> Hard to tell them apart the way they played. Uh, Davis. Davis on 146. Yeah. Modric didn't play for, for very long, did he? No, but he played every game, didn't he? So I'll go Modric. I'm 159 to 13 more. Um, Gareth Bale or Kyle Walker, Jack Nutchford? Um, I'm going to go Walker. Kyle Walker on 228, Rob. I think that didn't need Bale. I'm going to Bale. 237. 2-1. Oh, don't <clears throat> don't the get a wooden spoon, thank goodness. <laughs> right, uh, who's... Sebastian Basson or Sandro Rob? Wow. <laughs> I've forgotten that Sandro. Um, Basson. What a bloody member of Basson. I've never seen a footballer whose legs and upper body were not in unison more than Sebastian Basson. <laughs> um, I will Townsend. go Sandro. Townsend. Sandro on 96. Um... I'll go Bassong then. Two two. It's two true. That was it was uh, Bassong was on seventy one, Sanjo was on ninety six. Right one, big one now, gents. Uh Dembele or Toby Alderbeerald. Jack. I'm gonna go Alderbeerald. Two hundred and thirty six. Go on then, Dembele. Dembele, two hundred and forty nine. Rob is in the lead. That's wow, a lot sorry. of games, isn't it? Right, this one's closest three in it. Uh, Hoiberg or Aurier? Rob. Aurier. 110. Jack. Hoiberg, um, uh, I've got a guy for me, man. Hoiberg, and I. 107. Aurier played more. Hey. I, I oh, don't f- why? Really? Right? I can't feel. I don't feel like he played for us that many times. Right, there's a But these include like pre season friendlies and things. It's it's Wikipedia, so it might be wrong anyway. But you know, like this weird thing about the two goals Greaves scored in the Charity Shields, just include them. I, I don't know why they're not. Um, big one, Jack Dawson versus Lennon. There's actually there's like forty in this, so it's, um, it's quite a big difference. I want to go Lennon. 
364. Oh, yeah, I'd say the same thing. Oh, no, I'll say Dawson then. Go on, Dawson. Dawson on 324. So one back for Jack. So 4 3 to Rob Rope. Last, last five. Uh, Darren Anderson or Jermaine Defoe? Rob. Uh, Jermaine. Jermaine Defoe, 363 appearances. I, w- I would have said that as well. Yeah. Daz has got 358. Right then. Controversial one. Uh, Robbie Keane, Rob, or Sol Campbell? I saw Robbie Keane a day outside. Um, what's it called? The chicken shop out on the Tottenham High Road. <laughs> that <laughs> is great. I genuinely did, yeah. It looked like I was wearing a pair of trainers that cost more than my car. <laughs> I am. Um, <laughs> Robbie Keane versus who? Uh, Judas. So Campbell. Campbell. Campbell, 315. Jack, I have to answer Robbie Keane. I have to answer Robbie Keane. Uh, 306, so it is Campbell. I'm afraid Rob takes that point. Uh, Jack, yeah, Huddleston. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Huddleston versus Asurakotu. Jack. Last three now. Um, I'm going to ask Suikoto. On 200. Hads. Hads on 209. Guarantee the victory now. It's still all for glory now, Jack. So we've got Berbatov versus Chimbonda. Similar. Is that me going? Yeah. Um, There's one in it. I mean, to be fair, Chimbonda did have two spells with us. I'm not going to go Chimbonda. Chimbonda on 103. Chimbonda turns out for the legends now. Can you believe that? The word yeah. Chimbonda and legend should not be mentioned in the same sentence. Uh, anyway, um, who was the other one? I'll go with Berber. Berbatov. Berbatov, yeah. It's uh, point for Jack. And the final one for you, <laughs> Rob, is Ryan Mason or Cranshaw? Uh, Cranshaw. 71, Jack. I've got to go the other way, anyway. Try Excellent. and make it interesting. Yeah, sorry about you. It's 8-5 to Rob. 70 to 71 in favour of Crenshaw versus Mason. So, uh, good game. 8-5, well done. Any surprises there? I still can't believe like people like um, Ori has played 110 times for Tottenham. I can't believe Nasser Chadley played 119 games for Tottenham Hotspur. I can't believe, I can't believe Sebastian Bassong's got a Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a line on the uh, on the plate, but um, but that's a Chadley scored a great goal in that five three game. Which if Kane didn't score those two goals, he wouldn't. He, he did. He did. He turned up for us, and then he went to um, West Brom, didn't he? And he we thought he'd do it, and he, he just didn't. He had that it's great it. celebration when he scored at the Emirates as well, didn't he? Where he gave he was giving it to the crowd, and he got booked for it. And it's like that's my that's my best Chadley memory. Weird, but Tim Sherwood played in centre midfield. Do you remember that? I really do. It was just like, what are you like? What are you doing? Basson played for well, he was signed for Peterborough and um, didn't play. Basson played three hundred times. Three hundred. That doesn't seem very many. Hey. Um. Well, gents, it's been a great day. I was nervous. Brilliant. No need to be nervous. Pretty much guaranteed against that lot. So uh, <laughs> it's a it's a big month for us, but we started off well. Uh, I'm looking forward to speaking to you next Monday when we'll be even closer to the, oh, Mike. the scum. Yeah. Jack Rob, it's thank on. you. It's on. It's nearly time for Mind the Gap. Nearly. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember that. 
Um, but thank, thank you, thank you for listening. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future's bright, the future's really bright. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy, and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blanchflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.